Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Tuesday. Gordon is off once again. He'll be back coming up next week, getting a little R&R as Gordon often does. Uh, But he's back. He didn't abandon me today like he did yesterday. He is uh, Austin Horton, who's on the other side of the glass. And yes, Austin, I'm disappointed in you for not working Three out of the four live shows on the uh, on the air yesterday. Well, my my uh, contract holdout uh, came to an end, and so I'm back. Okay. okay, I just I felt abandoned. Luckily, I had, I had Tim Lacombe and and Clint. You know, he did Clint a, didn't keep you company, huh? He did about a C plus job. Uh, oh, he improved. Yeah, he did. He got a little better. I get uh, Tim gave Clint an A, but I I went with a solid C plus. Oh, and an A. I thought you meant like nay, like a yay or a nay. No, an A. And A. Tim Lacombe gave him an A. No, uh, <laughs> uh, Clint did fine. He, he did fine. Lloyd, he did fine. You don't need to, to drop the papers to can him yet. Did the FCC call? No, I don't then think. Then we're all right. I don't think he or Mike from IT called. So can I we think- stop showing this replay, by the way? Oh, goodness. Yeah, the, the Kevin Durant, and, and we'll get to what a. What a game last night, uh, and so many storylines to get to. But, yeah, the the video footage of Kevin Durant, and it was a thing on Twitter last night, Austin. I know you saw it. The, the close-up video of it was like, wow, cool, look at Kevin Durant's leg. It's like, what are you talking about? Never show this to me again. Yeah, it's gross. Just Turn, a rubber band snapping inside someone's no, skin. No, stop it. Even you talking about it, just, oh, oh, oh. You ever pull the tendon off the drumstick that you don't want to oh, eat? Okay, stop. You're going to have to stop now. I'm just not the type of guy that's into looking at injuries, you know? I've seen the, the Thiesman injury once, and it's like, yep, that was enough. I I actually got away with never seeing the uh, the Kevin Ware one in college basketball. You've not seen I've that? I've never seen God that. God bless you. Quite on purpose. You know, after I heard how I, – I happened to not be watching the time, and I heard how horrific it was, and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to – I'm not even going to turn on, on SportsCenter. I'm not, I'm not getting on the internet. I don't want to see it. I absolutely don't want to see it. Yeah, you, you win for having not seen it. You mentioning that made me sick. But it's impossible to, to miss all of them. Like uh, uh, Yusuf Nurkic's this year for Portland. Oh, just awful. Just awful. Who would, who would actually want to watch that repeatedly? Serial killers. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh man! But yeah, that uh, I I could have gone without getting the uber close up of Kevin Durant's uh, Durant's injury last night. And boy, was that! Uh, and I heard well, most of the guys throughout the day. Scotty and Hans doing the marathon day today. Big shout out to them. Um, uh, of course, Austin, you holding down the fort. Got a lot of people on vacation this week. Uh, so, but great job to them. Great job to you. But anyway, I uh, and Locke was on talking about it as as well. This is a a possible landscape NBA landscape changing injury, 
And what does it? What spider effects does it have throughout free agency and throughout what happens uh, with the NBA? We'll do our best to get into all of that throughout the show. Uh, Craig Bowler Jack is going to be on with us at the top of the five o'clock hour, so make sure and stay tuned for that. Uh, do we? Have, I think we have Brian today, right? Brian oh, yeah. Taylor is going to join us from Real Golf Radio here at every uh, Saturday morning uh, right here on the Zone Radio Network. Uh, they're covering the U.S. Open this week at Pebble Beach, and so we'll get a little preview with BT, find out what they're in for. Have, have you been, uh, Austin, have you seen the pictures of the rough rattling around the Internet? So when I had BT on with me at 1130 today, I hadn't seen those yet, and then uh, after the show I saw it on Twitter. They don't own a lawnmower at Pebble Beach. Well... <laughs> They haven't cut it in a while, if that's the case. It, it, it looks the like the ball a, disappears. Looks like Kansas out there. I don't. Know. And I, I, I know Gordon and I. This is our. It's almost. It's almost a good thing that he's gone on U.S. Open week this year because we always get in the same argument. And I can't remember where you you stand on this, Austin. Do you like the course to just defeat the golfer, or do you want to see a golfer go out there and make some birdies? I want to see defeated, broken men crying on Sunday when Why? they're plus 28. Of course. Of course you feel uh-huh. that way. Why? Because if I can't do it, they shouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> That's why. We don't think that about any other sport. We don't feel that way about any other sport. Yeah, they can cry we themselves wanted... to sleep on their golf streams on their way back. But we want to see them succeed. We want to see them do amazing things. Yet with golf, everybody's like, nope, I don't want to see them fail. I'm I, I'm with everyone that thinks that way. <laughs> just, I'm uh, I'm the guy that said release live bears. The guy in the last place has to play with bears chasing him. <laughs> Let's improve golf. Make Let, it a lot more difficult yeah. for that poor guy. Yeah. All he has to do, we found out yesterday. Oh, you weren't here yesterday. All he's got to do is uh, is bite off that bear's tongue. I I read about the not sports report in the little show recap Clint typed up, and uh, I was intrigued. This was in Serbia. No, it was in Siberia. Siberia is in Russia. Yeah, where, Serbia, uh, Siberia. Yeah, this this bear just charged this dude and started biting his face off, and so the dude bit the bear's tongue, and the bear ran off. That's is that possible? Well, is yeah. this real? This wasn't from the community technical college of no, Poland, this is real. right? They it's, have pictures. What, like he's holding the, the bear's tongue? No, the guy's face is, is a mess. Like the revenant. Because yeah. the, the bear is clamping down on the guy's face, and so, you know, the tongue is right there Man. in theory. I, it was quick thinking, I thought. You see Brooks Kepka biting off a bear's tongue. <laughs> They're going to rewrite the survival guide now. Instead of play dead, it's French kiss the bear to death. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs bear mace? I'm just going to bite off that bear's Come tongue. Come here, big fella. <laughs> Get on over you here. You want to dance? You never danced like I've danced. Promise you that. Never going to dance again the way I danced with you. Oh, how do you like tasting those fish that you're pulling out of the brook, huh? Because <laughs> I'm biting. I'm coming for your tongue, bear. Good luck growling without a tongue, this is Teddy. Yeah, so I thought we had a good not sports port yesterday. I'm, I'm sure you did because Gordon was gone. We talked about the, the Bieber challenging uh, Tom Cruise to a fight. And whose side are you on there? Who would win? Uh, who would you want to win? Oh, well, neither, obviously. You have I'd, to choose one. I, I'd, want, I'd want mutually... I know it's like choosing mutual, Satan or Lucifer. But mutual dis- uh, destruction. No, that's Adrian said. He wants the trap door to open and they just disappear. But you got to choose one. Who, who do you want to see win that? Hmm. The Bieber is obnoxious. 
Yeah. And Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise is, is pretty obnoxious. Yeah. But Tom Cruise was in Top Gun. He was in Rain Man. There's some redeemable. Mission Impossible? Eh, yeah. I stopped that one after about one. What? There's Wait, only no, no, been no. one bad Mission Impossible. I watched the Philip Seymour Hoffman one, too. I've only That's seen a great one. That's my favorite one. Is but any of those, even the bad one, is better than anything Bieber's ever done. Yeah, he's, his music's not my cup of tea. I do think he would pummel Cruz, though. Uh, I don't know. Cruz is so I much... I think a- this would be, as you put it, more of a purse fight than an ultimate fight. Yeah, that, well, that's probably true. Just slapping hands in the middle. How big is Bieber? Because Cruz is tiny. Uh, I think Bieber's probably about 5'10", 5'9", oh, somewhere in there. There you go. Okay, we don't need to... We've got a lot more to talk about than we don't need to. I think we've, we've hit plenty. the quota. Yeah, we've hit the uh, hit the quota on that. Let's talk about last night's game, uh, the NBA Finals. So, boy, was it a game. Let's get to it. It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. It is. And The Zone Sports Network. Durant goes to work. Ball knocked away. Oh. Durant's hurt. He's hurt. He's hobbling off on oh. the break. Ibaka goes up and got fouled by Livingston. He's holding his right leg. Yep. And it looks like in the same place. I, I don't want to speculate. Uh, people are cheering an injury. It's not good. Timeout Warriors. Kevin Durant gets up and he is limping badly. And people are cheering. Really? Oh. That's what you're doing? The Warriors not going without a fight. Iguodala takes a handoff from Draymond to Curry. Curry takes a three. It's up and good! Curry has tied the game at 103 with 119 to go. Van Vliet will take it up the floor. Van Vliet down to 12 seconds, 10 seconds. Waiting for Leonard. Leonard catches on the logo. Steps out. Guarded by Clay Thompson. Six seconds with five seconds. Leonard right side stops. Feeds Van Vliet. Van Vliet. One dribble. Get the corner. Lowry. It's blocked by Draymond. The game's over. The game's over. The game is over. The Warriors have won. 106-105. Keep the lights on at Oracle. Dust those seats off. That old Barnes got one more dance. <laughs> nice call right there. Uh, you heard him. Uh, 106-105. The uh, Warriors stay alive against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the series is now three games to two and switches back to Golden State. And we'll get to uh, to Kevin Durant. Uh, don't have too much of an update on his status, but we'll get to that impact certainly coming up a little later on in the segment. But I want to start by talking about the game itself. Because, and I heard Scotty talking about this earlier, uh, you know, I, I don't have one of those memories of Tony Parks where I can remember, you know, what the score was when there was three minutes to go in the uh, Wizards-Cavs first round series in 1983. Well, then you're not a real fan. Um, well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I thought Scotty put it well. This, this was the best playoff game for a while in recent memory. I mean, as far as competitiveness goes, drama, I I loved it. That fourth quarter was so fun. Uh, absolutely on the edge of my seat. And even the way the game ended where it, it was kind of like uh, Austin after watching a, a movie you really love or something like that and it ends and you just kind of have to gather yourself for a second and be like, oh my gosh, what did I just watch? You know, it, it, it was one of those types of finishes. It was a, a great game. It's uh, it's what makes the NBA Finals great. Games like that loved. Um, I almost said every second of it, but that would not be true because certainly that Kevin Durant part 
didn't enjoy that so much. But the rest of the game was was terrific. Toronto coming back. Uh, Kawhi Leonard just taking the game over, just saying, I'm the best player on the floor right now, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to make it happen. He was, he was unbelievable. And then coming down the stretch, you had mistakes. You had big plays. You had exciting moments. Um, it, you know, the, Draymond Green getting out to that Kyle Lowry shot at the end, amazing defensive play. I mean, I thought Toronto could have generated a lot better shot than that. Don't get me wrong. But for, for Draymond Green to cover that ground and cover that space and get out and affect that shot without you know totally running him over and fouling him, kudos, man. That was an amazing, amazing play. Did you realize he blocked it in real time? Because I didn't. I thought he just airballed it and I hit had, the side of the backboard. I had to kind of go back and look at yeah. it because I, I wondered. Because somebody like Kyle Lowry, I know he doesn't have the best playoff reputation in the world, but he's not missing that shot that badly, right? I would hope not. Yeah, yeah. I would I would hope not, too. But amazing defensive play by, uh, by Draymond Green. Boogie Cousins throwing the shoulder on the pick to give Toronto one last shot at it. I mean, I, I realize they would have had one more shot regardless, but uh, Golden State comes away empty and they have time to set up a good play. I mean, and Cousins, by the way, uh, I give the ref a lot of credit for making that call because that was the correct call. But how many refs have the stones to make that call in that situation? I loved that. That was it's something that absolutely gave Golden State an advantage too. That was the 100% correct call. That was that was terrific. I thought they missed on the on the boogie put back. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where the they called it in the in the cylinder. I uh, I thought I thought that was pretty clear. That's that the, it was out. It or was the, out. Really? I did because from. From the side, it looked like it was out, but then they did that. They only showed it once, too, from the, the one roof, above, from above the backboard. It looked like it was still above the front of the rim a little See, bit. See, I thought that one looked like it was clear, but that is that is the folly of replay right there. Sure. Because, and people don't understand this as much, or at least pay attention to it when you're sitting there watching games at home because, uh, man, the miracle of modern television and the modern broadcast is just so amazing. You feel like you get everything. But angles mean it all in those replays depending on what angle you're coming at it's i mean it's all optical illusions and so who really knows but that that's part of the problem with with instant replay is sometimes your eyes can play tricks on you a little bit and you have to know actually what to look for and hopefully these the trained eyes back in Secaucus were able to uh, that was the that was the correct hopefully call. they guessed better than you and i guessed but you see it in football all the time right where there's a controversial goal line situation and all the next day you'll see the still shots of the ball and where it was with the goal line and it's like yeah but if it's shot from behind that totally is different than if it's shot from the other way right so anyway what but, about the the time Kawhi leonard dragged his foot from half court to the free throw line and there was no traveling call yeah they missed that one Ooh. yeah <laughs> they, they missed they missed a little bit on that one. But let's get to, to the controversy everybody wants to talk about, and that, of course, is the timeout with three minutes to go. Nick Nurse calls a timeout. And, Austin, I've kind of been uh, going back and forth uh, all day long, and I, I, I started with what is that buffoon doing? Inexperience. And I heard Locke's explanation on with, uh, with Hanson Scotty where, uh, you know, the rules, you lose that timeout, uh, and so you kind of get in the habit of calling the three-minute timeout, and that's what he normally does, and he's sticking to what he normally does. But don't – I mean, I, I honestly think it's it's easy for a coach's job to get in routines. It's a big part of it, right? But I think the best coaches are the ones that can – 
understand what the situation calls for. And isn't that kind of the big part, biggest part of their job is to understand the flow of the game and what's going on? You know, rely on routines because it's a long season and because that's that's how you create really good habits. But I feel like the best coaches are the ones that have a, a an understanding and a feel for the situation. And not to get off uh, too sidetracked, it's but it's like Rick Majerus against Arizona in the, uh, what would that have been, Elite Eight Yep. in the NCAA tournament back in, in 1998. Rick thought he, he thought like Tony Parks, that a, a zone is actually a sin against basketball. Like only softies play a zone. We wouldn't be caught dead on one of my teams playing a zone. That's for the third ward. Here in the ninth ward, we're man-to-man, <laughs> and emphasis on man-to-man. But Rick sees an opportunity to uh, play defense differently against Arizona. Miles Simon and uh, and Mike Bibby and goes out there with that triangle and two and totally changes the game because he had a feel for what the situation called for. And you can rely on your philosophies and routines and those sorts of things, but sometimes you need to go outside the box a little bit depending on what the situation is. And not that uh, uh, one random timeout is as dramatic as totally changing your defensive game plan, but in this case, you've got Golden State on the ropes and Kawhi him himself is putting them out. I mean, he was he was unstoppable during that period of time. Scored 11 in a row. Yes. I mean, you you can't you can't cool that guy off. You can't pull him off the floor. Plus, uh Golden State's defensive game plan was a disaster. And that timeout gave uh Steve Kerr the opportunity to get his guys in and adjust. How so was it a disaster? Well, so switching Boogie Cousins onto the point guard or onto guards in general. Is that a bad idea? That, that, why? You and I were talking about this before the show. You and I both noticed it, that in that fourth quarter, uh, Toronto was just every time running the pick and roll right at Boogie, which is a great idea. But Golden State's idea to combat them doing that was to, oh, let's go ahead and switch Boogie over there onto Kyle Lowry. And then Kyle Lowry was just roasting him, just roasting him. And they did it time after time. It's like, wait, what? What? And then after that timeout, they didn't really do that anymore. Didn't do it again, no. No, they, they didn't do that anymore. The Raptors were on a 25-13 to 13 run. 11 of those, 13 of those, 11 of those coming from Kawhi Leonard. Nick Nurse calls that timeout. Kawhi Leonard missed his the next two shots, his final two shots yeah. down the stretch. And it's hard to ask a guy who gets you to the top of the mountain to also then carry you back down the mountain on, your ba- on his back to the parade. But that's what they needed from Kawhi. Right. I understand that Nick Nurse saw Kawhi was tired. He was gassed. You know who else was really tired and gassed? The team that had 16 people in the in the health ward right. behind the bench. The team that had one timeout left, not right. two. Well, at that point, three. And then it came down to two to Toronto. It reminded me of the Seahawks-Patriots Super Bowl. Because, the Marshawn Lynch? Yep. Because that little stupid paper... That all the coaches are the situational, and it adds in stats and and math and history, and it told them to throw the ball. No. I don't care what a paper says or or a math nerd. Give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, pound it in, celebrate the Super Bowl. Show some common sense. Give the ball to Kawhi Leonard. Is he tired, really? Three minutes to glory. Go get it. And they lost it, and I don't know if they're going to get it back. I think Nick Nurse called that timeout and said, Kawhi, quick, can you run up the tunnel and just jump in the ice bath real quick? I think that'll be great for everyone. <laughs> just really cool it off. You know? You're, 
you are playing too well right now. You are you are too on fire out there. We're gonna need you to. We're gonna need you. It's to, a little mean what you're come doing. Come on, come on. Have some respect for the Warriors. All right, and then let's get to the timeout that he didn't call before the last possession. And this, in my mind, Austin, and, and maybe people will argue with this. This that was this one was more egregious than the three minute timeout. I think the three minute timeout was was brutal, but not calling a timeout before that final possession makes uh, is just. It's terrible. So let's let's get to some basketball basics here because a lot of people advocate to uh, not call a timeout before the final possession to get an advantage in transition. Well, Toronto is getting the ball back after the uh, illegal screen call on Demarcus Cousins. This this was not a, a defensive rebound where you outlet and push. This was not a turnover. You know, a lot of coaches, including Jerry Sloan, if his team gets that defensive rebound, he's saying, go, go. Remember, a, I remember a specific Darren Williams game against, I want to say, the, the Wizards? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Where Darren went down and canned the game-winning shot and everybody goes home happy. And it's like, okay, if you can get the advantage by going in transition, do it. Trust your guys. Let them go uh, and force a, a transition defense mistake because there are very few good transition defensive teams out there. It makes a ton of sense. But... If it's a turn, a dead ball turnover, the defense is going to be set. All, all that advantage of not calling a timeout is gone. So you might as well call a timeout. Get set. Run a play. Instead, they just inbound it, let the air out of the ball. Kawhi gets it with very little time to break a double team, has to get rid of it, and they get a terrible shot from, uh, from Kyle Lowry in the corner. Dreadful possession. And again, give Draymond Green uh, a lot of credit for com- coming in and blocking that shot because it was a great defensive play. And the guys for trapping Kawhi correctly. Right. But you can do better than that with that amount of time left. From about 15 seconds left, you could you could do a lot better. Get them in, figure it out, figure out a way to get a clean look at the basket and go out and execute it instead of what happened, which was disastrous. So I, I thought, and for no good reason. If you're, like, rolling the dice and you're saying, oh, we took a gamble and it just didn't pay off, all right, fine. There is no gamble in this. It was like Kyle Whittingham calling the timeout against Washington a couple of years ago. Or uh, it, it's it, like there was no strategic advantage to doing that. Yeah, and None. It, it cost them the game. And it cost yeah. them the game. There was no— The only way Washington could have had a chance to win that game is if the clock was stopped and right. or Coach Witt obliged. Or them. at least not go to overtime, right? Uh-huh. That's it. And so he called a timeout, and he, uh, not to go back down this road, but there was no strategic advantage to it. That's what makes it so maddening. I mean, if you want to take a gamble and you think you've got the edge and uh, you get a defensive rebound and you push it and the guy just misses the shot, all right, well, you know, you rolled the dice. It didn't work out. You were trying to get the advantage. But there was no reason whatsoever not to call that timeout. That made zero sense. Nick Nurse showed his lack of experience. Well, in the, that case. And the one decision he made was, well, I can't take it with me. It's about to go, so let me use it. Right. And then in the next opportunity, he said, well, I'll just take him with me. <laughs> That's a great point. What? I hadn't even thought about that. That's amazing. All right. Uh, Kevin Durant had the injury last night, almost uh, dominated the storylines of the game itself. We'll get to uh, Kevin Durant, my thoughts on that at, uh, at 3.50. Coming up next, I want to talk about the Dateline report about Lauren McCluskey, and I know you talked about this some on uh, on your show today, Austin. I want to get, get your thoughts on it as well. But I definitely sat down. And uh, and made it a point to watch that after the game was over. And I, I 
certainly have a reaction to it, and I think it's appropriate we at least spend a little time on it today. So make sure uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, don't forget, uh, Bowler's going to be in the house for the entire 5 o'clock hour. It's all straight ahead here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. I mean, look at the success of the show here. Me being the best and being the hardest worker has led to this enormous success, and you guys have followed suit. It's held accountability from your co-hosts to the yeah. producers to the folks who set up remotes. It's catching. It's like a virus. I am a virus. Yes, exactly. I see what you're saying. In a sense, I am a disease. There it is. <laughs> a flesh-eating bacteria. <laughs> We're from virus to bacteria. When you have no medical background, that's easy to right. do. Right. A lot of people have said, man, it's like a disease to be around you. So now I understand what they're saying. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Quest Tuesday here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A little rush for you. We're going to do a little Canadian theme today on Total Request Tuesday. So if you have any Canadian band requests, tweet at Jake Scott Zone, at Austin Horton. As uh, the Canadians don't have much to feel good about the uh, today. Their team lost. Their behavior was just awful. So let's let's give the good Canadians something to be pr- proud of. There's some good music that comes out of Canada. I mean, not only that, but two American teams are in the Stanley Cup Finals again tonight. So That probably doesn't help. They probably don't like that much either. Band of the Day brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at livenation.com. All right, uh, I did sit down and watch the Dateline uh, story on the University of Utah and the death of Lauren McCluskey. Uh, watched it last night. Um, uh, it I I thought it was it was pretty well done on Dateline uh, from the Dateline standpoint. I mean, it was obvious the side of uh, the story that uh, that they were going to tell. I mean, the the name of the story was she did everything right, which just to get out ahead of this one, she did. <laughs> I mean, the way she she tried to deal with the situation uh, seemed to be one hundred percent correct. But for for I, Austin, I know uh, I know you didn't want to watch it. I uh, I understand your reasoning, and no, it's I prob- want it, I want to watch it. I can't. Right, I, can't, I don't blame I you. I can't yet watch it because I don't know what I'll, how I'll handle it. You'd come away with it the, with the reaction that you. So I'm I'm protecting myself you correctly. Are. Yeah, All you're right. you're doing fine. Uh, but here's the thing: there was really no new information in the Dateline piece. If you've been following the story, and I, I think the Tribune's done a, a really good job reporting on this story, the Des News has as well, but uh, if you've been following the story, nothing I saw was really new information to me. There were a couple of new things, but you know, I'd heard the, the 911 uh, calls and had been following you know, the, the release of the report from the university and all those sorts of things, been following it. So if you haven't seen it, there isn't a, a ton new that you couldn't get anywhere else. But what I thought that that Dateline did do a good job of was was putting it together in a in a package that really moved through the timeline very well and kind of gave 
gave you an understanding of uh, laid it out what happened when and what happened next and and I thought they did a very nice job with that and had commentary from her friends and her parents uh, along the way and then got a, a commentary from a, a Utah I guess for lack of a better word spokesperson uh, toward the end of the piece and we'll get to that uh, in a minute but they did do a nice job of laying it out and you know maybe the story around here has gone under talked about I know we've we've talked about it some on the big show and maybe we haven't given it the attention that that it deserves and and that's a success for the Dateline story if it's bringing attention on it again because it it 100% deserves it and the way that Utah has has handled it from start to finish from when the crimes began to present day has has been not the best in in my opinion they should strive for they should strive for better but really this is in my opinion long and short of it this is a a story about the failure of a police precinct i mean i think that's actually the most important part of this story not to say that it's the entire part of the story but you certainly look over it and i i'm uncomfortable with these types of things austin because i i I really have a deep appreciation for what police officers do for our society and our communities. And, and I know you have uh, uh, your dad was a police officer. I know you feel exactly the same way. So sometimes these things make me, you know, a little or make us all a little bit uncomfortable because it, just because we have criticisms for one police officer does not mean that we have um, we don't appreciate others. And I think the vast, vast majority of police officers out there are amazing and put themselves out there each and every day to keep us safe. And that you, you certainly can't appreciate that uh, enough. So I want to say that. But police officers are also human beings like the rest of us and have the same weaknesses and fallibilities as everybody else out there listening to the show, which means that they're not perfect, just like the rest of us. And I think the way that, that the University of Utah Police Department handled this particular case it was, was uh, not correct. I don't want to say negligent because that has uh, a lot. That's a that's a pretty heavy term. But if you want to throw the word negligence out there, um, I certainly would listen to arguments because repeatedly. And when they they title this this piece, she did everything right. That's 100 percent on the money. She called the police. She called her resident advisor who. um, So the 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 guy wanted to give Lauren McCluskey a gun for some reason. He said, I think you should. It's not safe out there. You should be carrying a gun. Uh, Lauren went to her RA who ran that up the flagpole like, hey, there's there's some guy who's trying to arm one of our residents and she's extremely uncomfortable with it. And they just put that off. Wait, her boyfriend wanted to give her a gun? Correct. Okay. The, right. the guy who uh, eventually uh, committed the murder, um, he wanted to give her a gun and she was extremely uncomfortable with that and told her RA uh, and the guy, of course, his name's Melvin Rowland. And uh, the RA said, yeah, I, I brought it to the attention of student affairs. And I was told, oh, OK, we'll get to that. We'll talk about it. And then, you know, nothing happens. She goes to the, the university police department uh, talking to the dis- dispatcher dozens of times about what's going on, about how she's being blackmailed, blackmailed, which is against the law. I mean, forget harassment for a second and stalking and all those sorts of things, which are against the law as well, I guess. Uh, but but here's somebody trying to blackmail. I mean, what what are you up there to do, really? And they told her uh, because um, 
they, they the the guy was blackmailing with some some pictures from their relationship, right? And they told her that oh, you guys both got hacked, and this is is probably a scam to extort money, uh, saying that that this other guy was a victim, and it it just struck me as. Um, Austin, have you? Uh, I'm sure you've had this experience in work where uh, maybe it's a, a an engineering issue. Back in the old days, this used to happen to me when I was a producer. When you'd call them because you know the whole station is off the air or something, and you'd call them and be like, "This is a this is a, a big deal. We gotta we gotta figure this out." And you get the, "Well, did you turn it off and turn it back on again?" Because they don't want to get up out of their seat in the basement and come up and actually fix the problem. I've they, seen this a dozen times. I mean, uh, just do this and that, and and that seemed, yeah, that's right. That seemed to be the reaction that they were giving her every time she reached out. They said, "Oh, you know, this is probably no big deal." Uh, in, in one case, Austin, um, he he sent her an email saying that he he posed as a policeman and sent her an email that said, "Okay, we want to talk to you. Meet us here." And she knew it wasn't a cop. She knew it was this guy. So she calls the university police department and says, this guy is trying to trick me into coming out and meeting him somewhere. And you know what their response was? Not, okay, well, we give us the info. Let's, let's go check it out and find this guy. Their response was, well, you probably shouldn't go then. What? <laughs> Yeah, even 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 to this point, the man is impersonating a police officer, which is also illegal. And the police don't care. <laughs> they just said, their response is I ignore it. Don't show up. Don't then. answer his phone calls. Don't show up. Then. Block his email address. Right. So this is at very least at, at very least I think that issue is the biggest one because they've got to get that figured out. That that's got to happen. I mean, you've got to make sure that that you look out for the safety of your students. That's the point of a university police department, and in this case, that was their response was lacking. And I don't, I don't really see any other way that you can look at it. And they've got to figure that out. That's the number one thing. You got to keep those young people safe. And and I mean, he was allowed to wander around the vestibules of their dorms and stuff. I mean, the the security at the dorms are an issue. I mean, that has to be figured out first and foremost. But then. I, you know, this this Dateline, it was it was very much from the McCluskey side, and you're wondering what the university response is going to be, and and they showed the clip of of Ruth Watkins from months ago where she said that this death wasn't preventable, which was egregious then as as it still is now. I mean, that just that that says That's a lot. That's deplorable, actually. I mean, yeah. Right. So and then you you wonder, OK, well, they're going to interview Ruth or you know what, who I'd really like to hear from the police chief like to hear what what he thinks about this. Wait, whole do thing. they have one, Jake? They do. Because I've not heard from the police. Chief. Right. So, you know, and then they roll out and I have the utmost sympathy for this gal that they made available for an interview. She's like the vice president of student affairs, not. I mean, we're not talking a, a member of the board, the president. We're not. I mean, we're talking about some underling, and underling. I don't mean. I'm sure she's. You don't very, mean that negatively. I'm sure she's yeah. very valuable or whatever. But why Her station uh, does matter? Yeah. Why is she the face of this? I feel like they just drew straws and they said, "Oh, you got the short ones." So You've been here the least amount of time. You need. You to go, gotta go do this. You gotta go deal with Dateline. And by the way, don't tell them anything. All right. And she was put in this really tough spot where she was asked really difficult questions, and you could tell she didn't want to put her university in the wrong spot. But, I mean, how can you not? She teared up at one point because I'm sure it's just an impossible position, and she was not the voice that people wanted to hear from. So it was it was 
it was not going to satisfy anybody, and I felt bad that she is the face of that because the response is just has has been totally lacking. And I guess this one is is what I want to be the point of of the overall segment. All right, I think when confronted with these situations, a lot of universities have chosen to go the route of how do we make this go away. I mean, if you look at Baylor, if you look at at Penn State. And, and these are totally different situations with those, so don't get confused out there that I'm, I'm comparing them in the egregious nature of the violations, which I suppose is actually fairly comparable. But the way that universities have decided to deal with it is, okay, what, what is the least we need to do to make this go away without us looking bad? Where I can't help but think the response should be one of proactivity. Like, we're as appalled as you are. So, man, we need to really focus on dealing with this situation appropriately because we failed this family. And I realize that that uh, Ruth Watkins is not in a, involved on a day-to-day basis with the Utah uh, University of Utah Police Department. I, I realize that there's, you know, that's up the chain a ways, so to speak. And maybe considering the, the Utah Police Department answers to the Salt Lake Police Department, maybe that's a totally different chain entirely. But I think people... I, I want to see I, I realize that humans make mistakes and, and stuff happens that we all make bad decisions and sometimes those have catastrophic consequences. But don't we all want to see people step up to the plate and just try to make it better? And even if you're making it better for for a student down the line, don't you want to see people just take accountability and enough of this, enough of this. PR, I mean, Utah did this with the, the swim team fiasco yes. years ago where they hired a, a law firm to come in and investigate. And, and on the surface, that sounds like, oh, OK, well, I guess at least they're looking into it. And then you look into the law firm a little bit and they're basically just a PR company who's coming in and, and whose job is to spin the situation to the best outcome for the university possible. They tidy up is what they do. And yeah. I, I, I honestly understand the motivation, but that's. That's just CYA. That's not really doing anything, you know? And then Utah congratulates some people involved, the dispatcher, uh, the the dean of students, and hands out these awards for the way that they handled the situation. And it's like, listen, I'm sure – I'm sure that the dean of students, uh, when the aftermath of this, I'm sure she provided counseling and she did a number of wonderful things to try and deal with this situation. But you can't sit around and pat yourself on the back for a failure. This was a failure. And and you say thank thank you to them in a closed room and say uh, thanks for helping the best you can with this horrible situation. But what you don't do is say, hey, guess what? Let's get up in front of a bunch of people and give you an award. It just is such a terrible, terrible look. Uh, it it makes a bad situation worse. And so, I don't know, Austin, I don't mean to get too far up on my soapbox. I just don't understand why why um, people's humanity don't take take over in these types of circumstances. And it's probably law, and you're worried about lawsuits and million dollar, millions of dollars in settlements and et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't understand how your your immediate reaction is to go to, well, how can I limit my liability? Yep. The, the the overall feeling I've gotten from this whole thing, other than uh, straight vitriol and anger, which I don't think honors Lauren, so I try to hold that back. Uh, but the other feeling I get is that University of Utah is caring about one thing, and that's their, their selves. Right. They don't care about 
trying to make sure this doesn't happen ever again to somebody else. No, it's about self-preservation. They want us to shut up and go away and say, well, they, they did their best. And that's absolute crap. And they ought, to, they ought to own it. They ought to answer to it. And so far, they've been let off the hook. And I'm glad Dateline did this. Yeah, I, I, they did a nice job with the, with the story. I was disappointed in the University of Utah's response. Uh, that's the nicest way you could possibly say that. If you notice, the only time you really see the University of Utah Police Department, this is such a terrible look, and this is just the, the broadcasting geek and me coming out, but they have B-roll footage of these three University of Utah cops just standing around. Whoops. And I thought to myself, like, why did why on earth did these guys, I mean, didn't you notice the camera right over there? Like, it might have been a good idea to be like, you know what? This isn't the at least turn the siren on. This or isn't the foot know. that we really want to put forward, and it flashed to it like two or three different times in the story when they were talking about the University of Utah Police Department. It's just three dudes standing around in uniform. It's like, oh, oh boy, <laughs> this is not the story. This is not your side of the story that you probably want to tell. And Utah was obviously willing to share their side of the story. They made somebody available for an interview, but no, not, but not really. They made you someone know? available that they could very easily say, oh, we got rid of her for what she said on Dateline. Don't worry about that. Uh, We're I, handling I, this. I honestly felt so bad for her. Like, how on earth did you end up in this in this spot? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I can honestly say I feel bad for anyone up there, but I understand where you're coming from on that. Well, I'm sure this gal didn't have... She could have said no. Uh, maybe. I don't know. If she's involved, she needs to be on the show talking. If she's not, she needs to say no. I just think you could be smarter about it. You know, the President Watkins, get on deadline. Lead. You know what I mean? Lead through some troubled times. That's your job as a president. Lead. Show, set, uh, say we're, gonna, we're not going to demand or we're not going uh, uh, to tolerate this. One of our, our students, one of our athletic family, you know, passed away, paid with her life. We owed her better. We're going to do better. Instead of them's the breaks, we tried everything we could and couldn't avoid this. Good luck sleeping, President Watkins. Enjoy your consciousness. That's, that's, that's gross. Yeah. So anyway, I would, I would certainly encourage anybody out there, if you still have it on the DVR, uh, to watch it because I, I think you know for our community it's this 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 was a big thing I, I think it's it's worth it's it's certainly worth watching and we need to demand better and when when our society we as a people fail each other we need to figure out how not to it's the social contract Austin I'd like to see someone higher up step in and make something change here someone outside of the U- University of Utah because they're obviously not going to do it. Maybe someone outside of the, the police hierarchy. I want to see someone in real power step in and say, this this has to make sure that we never see this happen again. Because no one is doing that yet. Austin, get Mitt Romney on the horn. I don't care who it is, Jake. I don't care who it is. Do something. Yeah. It's a troubling story. All right. We'll get back to the NBA Finals coming up. Stay tuned. We'll talk about the ramifications of Kevin Durant and his injury last night. Uh, we'll talk about how excited we are, though, that the NBA Finals is going forward. That's what we were hoping for. That's all we wanted, right? In fact, uh, Tim pulled a reverse Tony Parks uh, yesterday, and he picked the Toronto Raptors because he's been so wrong these playoffs in his predictions that he just was basically giving Golden State the game. Okay, so he used the kiss of death 
to his advantage right. for what he actually wanted. It's exactly. But what you he can't did. admit that because then the cosmos hear it and say, "Well, that's not a real prediction." But it worked. It did. It did. We have finals. Thanks, Tim. All right, more next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see the one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Shout out to Gordon, who wanted a little lover boy on a total request Tuesday. You can uh, send in your requests at Jake Scott Zone at Austin Horton. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing. Spring into action before the summer rush. Get a complete AC diagnostic checkup for just 39 bucks. Schedule today by calling 801-833-3333. Kevin Durant. Jake, real quick, your, yeah. our current engineer is uh, feeling a little self-conscious because of some things we said last segment oh i wasn't talking about our current engineer you weren't i was <laughs> i was talking about i was talking about some engineer experiences uh in, in the past and actually i've always worked with some good engine like really talented really good engineers so i don't want people to get the the wrong idea out there but there are a couple of times in the Wayback Machine. In the Wayback Machine. I've, I've been... Different place, different time. Different time, different people, et cetera, et cetera, where sometimes the response did not equal the emergency of the situation. Let me put it that way. The urgency, yeah. The urgency, yeah. That's a, that's exactly what I'm getting at. But no, our, our current engineer, you're doing a fine job. We're all doing fine. It's all good. But is there anything more maddening when you, you call somebody with something that and, – and even, like, I've had this situation where I'm totally wrong about it, you know? This is not that big a deal. I've even had that situation. But there's nothing that you don't – that like quite like inactivity. Yeah, have that, you ever – That just drives you nuts. You ever called the fire department and said, hey, my house is on fire? And they said, well, you better stay away from it. <laughs> don't want to get burned. It might actually be lights reflecting off your neighbor's windows, so you're probably fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's hot? Well, you know. Take your sweater off. Salt Lake in the summer, all that. Uh, we can we can revisit the McCluskey thing a little bit later on uh, in the show. I, I'd be really curious to hear if any of our listeners had any thoughts on it. Uh, at Jake Scott Zone, at Austin Horton. Um, uh, if you saw the Dateline piece, if you've been following the story, uh, what do you think about any of it, any of it and all of it. I just feel like it's I feel like it's worthy of discussion and I'm glad this story is still in the news. Bottom line there. I think people need to talk about it. Gotta keep those young people safe up there. Especially in, in today's day and age and the climate of, of mm, gun violence. Yeah, let's not let this go away. That's yeah. that's my hope. There you go. Hopefully in Lauren's name and honor we can inspire some change and and avoid this ever happening again. A lot of sympathy for those parents. And they've been active about it. 
I'm sure it's not and appropriately so. Right, too. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, they uh, they helped push through a bill in the Utah legislature this year, and they were up there for when it was signed, and um, they've started a foundation, all these sorts of things, and and that can't be easy, by the way, for parents who just lost their daughter. So, got to give them a lot of credit. All right, we'll talk about this Kevin Durant situation uh, coming up right around the corner. I want to I want to have enough time to to get into it, and I want to know what our listeners would do. If we were ever in the same situation as Kevin Durant, or, or if you were giving Kevin Durant advice on what to do this upcoming free agency, uh, let me know what it would be. Would you opt in? Would you tell him to opt in and take the $31 million while you're healing next year? Or if you're a Kevin Durant, are you still going out on the free agent market? Let us know what you think. I mean, I'm really curious because he is the, he and Kawhi Leonard are the dominoes to fall in NBA free agency. And if they don't move, do other people move? And I'm curious what people think out there. We'll get to it all straight ahead. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Gordo will be back next Wednesday. Bowler will be uh, in the house coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, so make sure and stay tuned for that. We're talking NBA Finals coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. You guys need to get over this thing. Okay? This habit of yours when you go to the movies. I don't think it's a habit. I was taught not to put your feet on the furniture. Plain and simple. <laughs> So when I go to the movie theater, when it has the <laughs> recliner, uh-huh. watching a flick, uh-huh. I uh, I take my shoes off and I get comfortable. <laughs> At the movie theater? At the movie theater. Now I make sure my socks don't just smell disgusting. And uh-huh. no, I don't walk around the movie theater with my shoes off. I'm not like going out and standing in line at the concessions <laughs> or going to the restroom. <laughs> and I make sure that socks don't smell. Uh, How do you make sure of that? People. Wear new socks before you go. So you change your socks before going before to the movies? Before going to the movies because I know I'm going to take my shoes off. <laughs> and I don't want to disrupt other people. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.